I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, Ali, good morning, and nice to be with you, sir. Hey, good to be with you, too. I am looking forward to our call today. I need some uh, podcast therapy. Podcast therapy? <laughs> I just, everybody listens to podcasts, right? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, you know, every Wednesday I talk about it. I just met with all my friends, and we normally have topics and stuff. But today we just vented and laughed, and it felt good to kind of have like-minded people around me. And, you know, we all complained a little bit about – the craziness that goes on in our world of martial arts and so on. So it's quite interesting. Yeah. So, and it's nice that you have that group of individuals that you can uh, get, get together with every week and, yeah. and kind of bounce ideas off. And Yeah. You know. And then I meet with you right afterwards. So I get like, you know, five of my friends in a row that I get to hang out with, even though. Well, and then during COVID, uh, you know, you weren't able to get together, but uh, in person, but I know us, we, we were on the phone all the time together. Yeah. Yeah, and we still did our podcast throughout the whole entire thing and shared, like, man, it was a lot of really good information. Like, anytime we researched something and found out a system or something that worked for us, we shared it on the podcast. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty intense. You know, I mean, I'm glad that we had each other to go back and forth with, but to share that with an industry that really had no direction. Like, none of the real big companies, like, you know, the the powers that be stood up and really helped uh, other than maybe like a Maya or, uh, you know, they started sharing what protocols and things like that. But um, it was good that we were able to share that on our podcast. Yeah. And I will say that uh, I thought that spark did a phenomenal, I think they, they stepped oh, yeah. up and, and did a phenomenal job of uh, helping all of its, all of their members uh, deliver the information that needed to get delivered, especially via zoom. Yeah, and so. they were they were on it from like day one on you know connecting to Spark to to remind people of their virtual classes and signing in. I mean that was a big help to us. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, today's topic uh, is basically basically talking about you know that we we as um, entrepreneurs because we're not just school owners, right? We're we're entrepreneurs. And if you don't see yourself as an entrepreneur, uh, you're just a karate guy or karate gal. Um, I would I would ask you to you know start looking at yourself as an entrepreneur, but as an entrepreneur we need to make sure that we're staying hungry, and we're staying broke. Yeah. And so this concept is not mine. This is a, a concept that that uh, I picked up from Grant Cardone. Yeah. But um, it really spoke to me when he uh, when I when I learned this. And I don't know about you, but we've talked about it in the past too. Uh, how many times have we gotten complacent? How many times have we got coasted? How many times did we yeah. reach a goal and we didn't use the black belt success system, right? Know what you want, have a plan and a success yeah. coach, take consistent action and then review your progress and renew your goals. We just didn't renew our goals. We sat on our laurels and we just yeah. kind of, you know, let, let life go by. Um, and, and we weren't hungry and we didn't act like we were broke. So the concept yeah. is such that, um, you want to you want to you want to go to bed broke and you want to wake up every morning hungry right right um, th does that kind of make sense 
Yeah, it does. I, I I listen to Grant all the time driving to and from my school, his podcast. And sometimes I shake my head and I'm like, man, I don't I don't totally agree with some of the things he said. But I, I really love the guy. I think he's awesome. But um, but this concept, I think you and I, I don't know, maybe you could let the listeners know, but is it like an inherent trait or is it something that you've developed the muscle? Well, I lost you there, Allie. <laughs> we'll see if you can pop back in. Um, let me message him and see if he even knows that he dropped out. Let's see. You dropped out. So hopefully we can get him back in. Aha, there he is. He's coming back in. Okay. All right, sir. Welcome back. Wow, that that's super weird. I, I don't know what happened, but that, yeah. So I was saying, um, I don't know if it's an inherent trait or something that maybe you or I or other entrepreneurs have built up over consistent practice to have that mindset. Because, like for example, I was just coaching with one of my clients. We were talking about goal setting, and they're like, "I don't, need, I don't believe in them. I, I think goals are a waste." And I'm like, "But you know." for me, everything I've ever set on paper, a goal that I've ever had, I've achieved. But he says, yeah, but I'm always working hard on a day-to-day -day basis to, you know, to surpass and, and grow and, and do those things. And I was, it was, I had a very difficult time trying to explain why goals were so important. So back to the question, like, is this something that you've had in you or is it something that you learned over years to keep that? Cause it's hard for a school owner, right? Dwayne? I mean, like, we could take off when we want. We're lucky. We set it up in a way we, we could, like tonight, I'm debating on whether I should stay home and then I'm, I don't have to be back until after Easter um, because I'm off on Thursday. Friday, we're closed. Saturday, we're closed. So so I'm thinking of excuses in my head not to go in, but I don't have to be in. Like, it'll be run perfect without me there. Like, so what? What? what is that? Can you share that with people? Well, I don't think that I was, uh, I, I don't think that I was good at that. So I did get, I achieved things and then I would, uh, and then I would go, Oh crap. You know, I, I, I need to, you know, I need to uh, work hard again in order to build it back up. And I guess maybe before I heard that phrase by, uh, you know, the thing is that um, from the flywheel concept from the, the, the book, good to great, um, with that flywheel concept and Allie, if you're trying to get back on, you're going to have to, uh, probably not open up your Facebook page in order to get back on. So, um, are you there, Allie? Yes. Yes. Hey, just don't open your Facebook page. Probably. That's probably what it is. I'm here. You know what I'm yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, but I, I think I was introduced to this, uh, with, with Jim Collins book, uh, good to great and the flywheel. Uh, concept, and I think of it as the price of right, price is right wheel. But um, you know, it takes a lot of movement to uh, you know a lot of inertia to get that wheel going. And then, but once you get that wheel going, all you got to do is just hit it and be consistent over time, right? Yeah. Um, in order to keep that wheel going. And so, when I had learned that by you know watching Jim Collins or listening to Jim Collins, uh, uh, good to great book. Um, that made an impact on me is like, you know, I, I've got to continue that, that wheel, but it wasn't until that phrase that, that Grant Cardone said that you do have to go to bed broke every night and you got to wake up every morning being hungry. Um, yes, you're really not broke. You still have money in the bank, 
but you've got to pretend like you're broke and you got to hustle uh, like that because you're hungry. Um, so I didn't do a good job. I don't know that I've ever done a good job up until hopefully this point where, you know, this year, uh, particularly that, that I'm continually waking up every morning and being hungry yeah. um, because I'm going to bed with that broke mentality. What do I got to do tomorrow to feed myself yeah. to, you know, feed the funnel, feed my family, feed my employees, feed my students, feed my clients, all those things. Right. Um, and, and I think that that has made a world of difference for me and I am busier now than I've been in a long time. And then just as a, an off topic, uh, with regards to what you said with your client that was saying, you know, well, I don't believe in goals or whatever, right. maybe if change the word goal, uh, to, okay. So what is your, what is your vision or your direction that you want to go? Right. Um, because I think the word goals have been overplayed and overused. And, yeah. and so sometimes I think we need a different term yeah. than, than goal Right. Uh, in order to, to see if that speaks to the person. And we and I both know that it means the same thing, but sometimes if you clarify it as, or if you, you, you change the verbiage to something dif different, people usually go, oh, and that's why, like, oh, that's new, or I didn't think of that. Um, yeah. That's why you hear different, um, uh, different trainers now really come up with their own terminology right. and utilizing things. So, like, um, I was just on a training last night with uh, – uh, coach Michael Burt and, and he was talking about his, uh, his blue Marlins. He's right. got a list of his blue Marlins. Well, you know, I, I'm not a fisherman, so that doesn't speak to me, but he had to explain, you know, that a blue Marlin is something that you want to catch. Right. Uh, you know, so to me, that term doesn't speak to me, but I understand what he's talking about. But, but so I guess maybe if you take that and utilize a different term and see if that term speaks to him or her, whoever you're coaching. Right. So, so interestingly enough, like I tried to explain it and I, I didn't try, I tried to, I put, put it out there and said like, we have to always have something to strive for. Right. And if we don't, we're like a ship. And I use this analogy. We're like a, a rowboat in the middle of the ocean with no sail, no engine and no oar. And we're just constantly being turned around by the tides, pushed a little to the left, pushed. Sometimes we could remain in the same spot for weeks by tides going in an ebb and flow back and forth. So I said that for us, I love the hungry part. I love the the desire to keep on pushing because once you get complacent, um, and by the way, this is a big problem with school owners because we make our own rules. We do what we want. We could always make an excuse. And, and by the way, I call it adulting as well. Like, Maybe it's your internet. Maybe your internet is going out. Because now you're frozen. Hmm. There, there you go. Okay. Okay. Did you hear you call it adulting? Yeah, I call it adulting where, um, you know, where you're old enough to make your own decisions. So there's no one going to push you to go to the gym, to lose weight. You want to eat the ice cream? You do, right? Like there's no one to stop you. No one's going to slap you on the hand. And the same thing goes with running a business. If you don't do what you need to do today, which, you know, the I call it HVAs, high value areas that you're always working in all the time to to push yourself forward. And, and that's where, and if you don't have, I know I've always had that desire. Like I've been self-employed my whole life to get up in the morning and work. Um, and push and, and set goals or, you know, set a plan in action. And I've always done that or else I would be broke right now, you know, and if I didn't have that, I don't know what it is, the, 
the stubbornness to be able to push forward like that, that kind of thing. So I think that that's important for people right now that would they become a little complacent and lazy to understand that you need to push every day. Yeah. And, and so that's where, like I brought up the uh, black belt success system, you know, not only know what you want, have a plan and a success coach, take consistent action, review your progress, but then renew your goals. Know right. what you're, so once you reach your initial uh, goal or vision or whatever it is, yeah. you should have something else in mind that you are now shooting for or right. one or two things or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but they have to be things that are going to move your business forward. Um, and, and I think if you, if you wake up in the morning and go, okay, what's the, what's like you said, your high value activity, what is the high, what is the most important activity that I got to do today? That's going to bring me to that vision, right. Or to that goal, uh, mm -hmm. the quickest. Um, and then that's the one that you need to work on that day. And then, yes, I, I get it. There are what a hundred other things that we've got to do every single day right. that are more activity based, right? Not necessarily goal based. Yes. We mm -hmm. need to do them in order to keep our businesses afloat. Yeah. Um, but even if we didn't do them that day, our business isn't going to sink. Um, yeah. I, so, I see. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I say so. So yes, I agree with you. We got to decide what our high value activity is that day because we can make ourselves super, super busy doing activities that that either one a we shouldn't be doing at all, or two, yes, they are necessary, but they're not the most important activities. They're going to get us you know closer to our vision. Yeah, and you and I have done many calls on that. Like, what are our um, you know uh, key result areas? We did one on that re recently. You know, high you know high value as assets or areas. You know those things. Um, I, I think the biggest mistake, and, and by the way, this I see this more and more with school owners that have been doing it for a really long time. They one they get tired. They you know, and I've been there. And, and then I you know there was a period of time maybe five six years ago where I was very burnt out. Like I was really like. Should I sell? I'll sell it all, Dwayne. I'll sell all my real estate. I'll sell my school. And, and I could retire forever and maybe just write stories or coaching or whatever. Um, and then I, I, and this is my advice because I do have another client and or two that struggle with this. You know, they've been doing it forever. They're frustrated, hard to teach. Kids don't listen. Um, I had a conversation with a mom just, just yesterday that's, it was frustrating, but I like the family and the kid. But like, uh, my son doesn't want to go to a tournament. He went to the last one he wants to wait until he goes to the next one um and uh he he wants to be more prepared and and so i i felt like rocky and rocky won i gave him my advice and when we're all said and done they said yeah well we made up our like i should have asked you did you make up your mind yet because if they would have said yeah no matter what you're going to say to me is going to change my mind i wouldn't have continued but i went on and i felt like rocky when he tells the young girl you know, how to stay out of trouble and all this stuff. And when he's all done, he felt good about himself. And she goes, Hey, Rocky. And he turns back proud and she goes, screw you, Rocky. And then he's like, yeah, screw me. Like who the heck am I? Right. To give the advice. So I, I know that we tend to burn out. We tend to uh, get tired of, of doing those things and we mentally need a break um, and, and need to take time to recharge, but never stop the drive. Well, I, you know, and I would propose this is um, sometimes the recharging is is not pulling back. It's actually pressing forward. Right. And so, you know, uh, making the goal even bigger or the vision even bigger or a different goal or vision that sparks you. Yeah. Uh, that overrides it, it. It energizes you so that yeah. rather than um, uh, 
because uh, I don't believe in retirement. So rather than retiring, how about refiring, mm-hmm. um, you know, yourself? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, like refire, like recook, restart up rather than refiring and getting rid of yourself. Yeah. What is that old saying, right? And we've heard it all. Everyone's heard it all. Like if you do something you love, you never have to work a day in your life. Well, that's a bunch of crap, right? Because we're always working and you you're going to get tired and you're going to have frustrations. But, but I agree with you. Like if you can reinvent yourself, like you kind of did a portion of a reinvention where you started the health coaching and built it into a viable business and you really enjoy it. Like you, we were just chatting before we went on the air. It's like the part of the martial arts that we like when we could be the Mr. Miyagi where someone asks our advice and actually takes it and they listen to it. Like, not like I had the conversation with the parent and I'm giving them all the things they should do. And at the end, they're like, I know, but we're going to skip it. Like, so I, I basically is like, okay, like what else can I say? As long as you're happy and you're going to continue training, do whatever you want. Like they don't want to hear sage advice from someone who's been through it all. Right. So, yeah. So I, I teach the white belts on, on Tuesday and Thursday evenings. Right. Um, it keeps my foot in the door. I like to teach them. Uh, those, that's the only class that I teach all week. It's just uh-huh. those two classes, Tuesday, Thursday for 45 minutes, actually 40 minutes. By the time the warm up's done and I actually teach, I teach about 35 minutes and that's it. Yeah. Uh, cause there's a map chat at the end. There's a warm up at the beginning. So I'm 30, 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. And even last night, I had uh, two new people that started one that this was their second or third day. And uh, I got the ones that have been there for, you know, five, four, four weeks, five weeks already. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, all right, review this. We're going to practice this. I'll be over to watch it in a minute. And then I went to the other three and I'm showing them how to do these things. And then uh, I walk away and then I come back and one of them's talking to the other one. And I, mm-hmm. I just looked at him. I go, you got his number? Uh, no. I go, well, get it after class because this is not the time to be talking. Right, right. And then I looked at all three of them. I said, look, guys, um, if you're not, I said, let me ask you a question. Why do you think I showed you what needed to be done and how to do it and right. then walked away? Why didn't you think I just stood there to mm-hmm. watch and see if you were going to practice it? Right. And what the one that was, you know, doing the talking, he said, well, you want, you want to see if, if we're going to do it. I said, that's exactly it. Yeah. I said, because if you guys aren't willing to do the work, I said, I'm not going to be able to teach you. And if I can't teach you, you can't be a student here. So right. if you're willing to do the work, I'll teach you. But if you're not willing to do the work, I won't teach you. And then I walked away and they started working. And then, of course, when I came back, I said, man, I love it. You guys are working hard. Let me show you the next thing. And so, um, you know, I created that expectation. But uh, in our in, in just quickly before the mat chatted, the mat chat started last night. I had all my white belts sitting around, you know, before Mr. Bean had everybody else in. And I, and I just said, hey, guys, look, what's the biggest compliment you can give your instructor? And uh, and, and the, the other ones have already heard it. And they go, right. oh, boom. You know, I said, what is it? They go practice. I said, yes, that's the biggest compliment you can give your instructor. As you go home and you practice, you know your material. I said, now, everything that we went over tonight, you come back next class. I can see that you've learned it. You're not going to master it yet, but you've learned it. Like, you yeah. know it a lot better. I said, then I'll add more on. I said, but if you didn't, you know, if you did not practice and I'll be able to tell if you didn't practice, I'm going to put you over in a corner and you're just going to work on that the whole class until you know it. Yeah. And then I just said, look, I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink it. Right. And if y'all don't know what I mean by that, go talk to your parents. Yeah. I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink it. 
And so, um, and the parents heard me say it anyways, but uh, the reason I bring that up is, is because um, it is frustrating to uh, try to get someone to drink. Right. I realized a long time ago, I can't get my students to drink. I can't get my instructors to drink. I can't get my health clients to, to drink. I can leave them. And then now it's up to them. I can help motivate and inspire, but it's totally up to them. And if yeah. they decide not to do it, like I just had a lady that, that uh, I, 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 I kept on because she had, was interested in about program getting healthy, got, got her, got her on board. She's done two weeks. She just messaged me yesterday saying, you know, oh, my life was so busy. And that was her excuse in the beginning, which yeah, this yeah. is so, so, so convenient. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I'm not going to uh, continue with the program right now. Yada, yada, yada. I said, I just messaged her back. And I said, well, we talked about that in the beginning. That's how convenient it was. And you agreed that it was quite convenient. So I don't know, you know, how much more uh, busy your life has gotten, but it must have gotten a lot more busier since the last time, you know, we've chatted about that. So just yeah. let me know. Just let me know if you ever want to get back on program again. And then I sent her a handwritten card and send it off. But I am not going to try to talk her into it. I'm going to go yeah. find somebody else right. that already wants to do it. Does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely, dude. And, and by the way, we, now let, let's just take that and the martial arts and then we put it into the running of the business. You know, it, it can you know, excuses are a dime a dozen. You could always find a reason why something won't work. You know, like it's, you know, uh, you know, when pe I forget what, it, I think President Biden or somebody said, um, you know, if you don't like the gas prices, buy an electric car. And everybody was up in arms. Like, well, how come if we could afford an electric car, we wouldn't have to worry about gas prices, you know? And then, but, you know, I, I look at it like there's so many benefits to everything you choose. But if you always look at the downside you're always going to find an excuse of why. And I think it's human nature to justify not doing what you know you should be doing. Like, you know, hey, I can't do that. I don't have the time. I can't find time to train or I'm too busy right now. And like I just had two of my students, they, they live in Florida and they sent me a message like, oh, we haven't been able to make it to class that much. So we wanted to put our membership on hold. And I said, isn't it better to just train whenever you can rather than not train at all? You just got back into it. You just got your white belt. You're on moving on down the road. Why quit now? You know, because you, I always say breaks equal quits, right? There's no breaks are always going to equal a quit. I'm going to take a break and they go back to eating. Like I'm going to take a break. They stop training. So anyway, long story short, I think it's important for people to realize like as an owner, stop making excuses. That's why it's good to have a mentor, a coach that you pay because they'll stay on top of you. They're going to check you every week, make sure you do what you're supposed to do. Even if in your mind you can justify the reasons that you shouldn't or the reasons why it won't work or the reasons why in your area, like, right, we've heard it all before, you know, um, I'm too bit like, I don't get the concept of health coaching. I'm too busy to eat correctly. Like, I don't get it. Like, like, I don't understand. Like, how is that? How can you ever be too busy to to diet and, and cause you're not even a program that has to exercise. You don't even have to get to the gym. You just got to change your habits and, and learn psychological, psycholo psychologically, how to change your, your mindset on, about eating. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not just about getting your body healthy. Although we do do that. It's also about getting your mind healthy as well. Cause that's yeah. where the battle is going to be won. Losing the weight's going to be easy. Um, you know, maintaining that weight loss, that's where the game is won. And that's where the mind has to come into play. But yeah, yeah, I, I, the, 
you know, this kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Dan Sullivan and what he uh, has talked about with regards to procrastination. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if there's something that is, he goes, I have a flip on procrastination. He goes, uh, and I'm paraphrasing what he talked about, but he said, if there's something that you're procrastinating on, that's actually the number one thing that you should probably get done. Yeah. That is actually like the radar going, boop, 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 yeah. boop, boop. that's the one you need to be getting done. The thing yeah. that you're procrastinating the most. Right. The thing that you like the least is what you're going to, you know, the thing that you're not as comfortable with, you're going to avoid more. Like I always said that procrastination is nothing wrong with it. In fact, in my opinion, you should master it, but what you should master it it's so, so well that you learn to procrastinate on procrastination. Yes. Yeah. And by doing that again, if, if, if you're writing things down that you need to be getting done and you see that on there and every time you look at it, it kind of makes you feel like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That isn't the one thing that you need to get done. Um, that's yeah. probably the, the one bottleneck or constraint that is in your business currently that'll help push your business forward. Because really, as we uh, we as, as entrepreneurs, aren't we, I mean, we're problem solvers. Um, and when we solve a problem, what does that mean? Well, then then we have opened up the constraint in some area. So now we can move forward, far, you know, farther forward. And right. But when we move farther forward, there's going to be another constraint mm-hmm. that we have to tackle. And then we right. have to learn how to deal with or manage or, or overcome or remove or whatever, go through right. whatever it is. So we're just um, moving from, from one constraint to the next, from, yeah. from one, one uh, obstacle to the next, one fear to the next, right? Yeah. I mean, I've got a lady who, who's only one month on program. I, sorry to keep bringing around the health coaching, no, but no, this is so no, amazing. No. One month on health on program. Um, she's already lost 25 pounds in, in her first month. She's aching less. She's sleeping better. She, the, the last week, she goes, I've cried more this last week than I've cried in years. And she goes, I can't figure it out. I couldn't figure out why until I finally just go, I just really like finally was introspective and goes, oh my gosh, I actually have more confidence. Hmm. And that's why she was crying is, you know, losing the 25 pounds made her feel so much better about herself. Right. And, and this is a lady who's probably close to 300 pounds. Wow. Well, I asked her, I said, would you be willing to take a, you give me your before picture and give me your, you know, your, your current picture right now and then write a little thing about it. Yeah. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Right. And I said, you know, remember when we talked about in the beginning that, that you wanted to start program, but you were scared. Mm-hmm. And then I, I talked with you about that, that, you know, really the, uh, the, the breakthrough, the next level for you, is stepping into that fear right. so that you can move through it. Right. And I said, you trusted me. In fact, you took my confidence because I asked you, I said, I know you're not confident right now. Just borrow mine. Right. And I said, don't you have a little bit more confidence now, you said? And she goes, yeah. I said, so let's let's be a little vulnerable. Right. Let, let's put your story on Facebook. And um, I don't even know where my phone is. She just did. Uh, so I helped her craft it, right? Right. And so... Uh, Let's see. Uh, I'm going to look it up here and tell you how many people have already started to encourage her and engage with her. So right now she just did it only three hours ago as we're, so she has 40 comments already and just 55 people that have liked or loved it. Wow. Amazing. Right. What does that do for your confidence level? Right. So, you know, look, and I bring that up because even us as school owners, as, as entrepreneurs, even if you've done it for 10, 20, 30 years, there should be the next fear that we've got to face 
in order to go through to become better at what we do, no matter what it is. And if that means that we need to be vulnerable and say to somebody, you know, look, because uh, I learned this from from uh, uh, Melody Schumann because this was golden from her. But, you know, she always put it back on her. If there was a kid that was rowdy, he was rambunctious, he was, you know, they really, they couldn't handle him. Right. Or had an attitude problem. She never put it on the kid. She just always, you know, would tell the parent, you know, hey, look, um, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're just not equipped to be able to handle this type of situation. It, you know, right. I'm sorry that, that we're not able to, but, you know, as of right now, I, you know, we, we, we just can't have your child in our program. Now, let's set up maybe a time to come back in, in, in a half a year and we can, we can try it again. Right. Right. I thought that was beautiful because you're putting it all on yourself, but how vulnerable is that? That's kind of the way yeah. I'm bringing that up. And yeah. I, I, I used that actually about a year ago with a kid who was just, no matter what we did and, and it was torture as they walked through the door, you know how you're like excited to teach and that kid walked through the door and you knew yet your class was going to be hell because they were always in trouble, always well, making a stir. So it's me. We got one of those uh, Monday night, Mr. Bean had to pick him up off the floor and, and bring him over to our program director. That was his first night. His his mom didn't bring him. Some guardian or somebody brought him, but they didn't right. stay. He's right. there alone. Uh, we actually, so we put that slat wall up where we had talked about because of yeah. the remodeling that we did. Oh, good. And we have one of those uh, padded weapons that were there. He yeah. took it off the wall and started hitting my program director. Unbelievable, right? It's amazing. So my yeah. program director had to call uh, and, and you know ask for them to come pick him up because they weren't there. And yeah. then called uh, the mom the next day and then had to explain, you know, look, you have to be here right, uh, in order for him to be in class. And if you can't be here, then, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to do this. So we'll see tonight yeah. uh, what happens. But we're prepared to say that exact same phrase. Yeah. But I, brought, I bring that all up under this whole concept is that we can't be, um, you know, we can't be complacent. Right. We have to uh, move forward through fear. Again, going to bed every night, like, you know, pretending like we're broke right. and waking up every morning hungry. How am I going right. to feed myself? How am I going to feed my, uh, you know, my employees, my family? I mean, the right. whole shebang. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing I'd like to point out to school owners that are on our podcast all the time. So there are going to be things that you hate doing. Like, I'll give you an example. I'm not, I, I could do it. I'm great at it, but I don't like doing it. And that's making phone calls, right? I used to do it all the time and I did it with my landscape business. I've always done it with my dojo, but I ignore them. I'd rather text. I'd rather send emails, but I know that a certain portion of the people, if I called them, it, they would make an appointment. They would come in. They would feel more connected than just a word on a written page or an email. Um, so I don't love doing the call. So I, I hired the other day and she starts on Monday after the holiday, a virtual assistant, you know, and you would be shocked at how many people out there that are looking to do something part-time from their home, you know, when their kids are asleep or when their kids are with their dad or whatever the case may be. So I'm going to get that done. And by the way, not only am I going to get it done for the people who signed up for a trial that never scheduled, I'm going to make sure they call the people that signed up for the trial and scheduled, but never showed up. Then I'm going to get it for the ones that showed up once or twice, but didn't continue with their free month. And then I'm going to get it for also for special event calls, my next summer camp, my Nerf Wars, my this, my that. And I'm going to have them making those calls. And the person I, and here, check this out. I, out of, I posted it on Facebook. I got like 12 people who are interested. I had them 
in uh, personal message me out of the 12, maybe eight of them messaged me. And then I set up a sign up where they had to sign in online to do a zoom call with me. So out of those people, only six people set up a zoom call and out of the six, only three showed. Like, it's amazing how people like they want something and it sounds good. And then they fall short somewhere along the line. And you wonder why they're not successful in their life or they're struggling in their life. And, and this happens with school owners as well, where I go, Hey, you should do this. Well, I can't do that. I hate that. I don't want to do this or whatever the case may be. We make excuses. Then don't do it. Find someone to do it for you. Right? Like if you really hate phone calls, don't do it, but don't ignore it. It's a vital part of our business. If you don't like numbers and you don't want to do it, hire a virtual assistant. Like you have someone, right, that does all your accounting and, and you send them the receipts and they put it all in order. And, and well, they, right? Yeah. I don't even send them receipts anymore because I all I, I, I use either my uh, uh, debit or credit card. Um, For and so that really is my receipt. So I don't even yeah. have to send them receipts anymore. That's awesome. So like things that you could do that would – and by the way – virtual people they're not you know you could i'm paying her 15 bucks an hour which is minimum wage in new york state and um she's gonna do it for like three to five hours a week to start let's see how it goes so that's gonna make about a hundred bucks a week but from the convenience of her own home never leaving and just killing a few hours it's like that's that's great for them yeah right? so, so like yeah. Are, you, are you 1099 her or are you she gonna no, do I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it on payroll she okay. i asked she was okay with that she actually i prefer and she preferred not to 1099 it because it'll be taken out of her taxes. You don't have to worry yep. at the end of the year, figuring it all out. But, um, but yeah, so that I'm looking to solve an issue. I'm looking to find the things that I like the least. Like I'm not a fan of cleaning toilets and you know, that kind of thing. I don't mind sweeping and dusting and all that. So my, one of the people who work with me, they do it for me. Like they're, you know, I'm not going to not clean, you know, because I hate it. Although some people may do that. So I suggest for all the business owners that are listening, write down all the things that you hate doing that you know that are necessary and then try to find a way to get them done somewhere, somehow, you know, outside help or virtual, whatever, and try to make it work for you. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, and you need to delegate everything but your genius. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Delegate everything but your genius. My yeah. my genius is, is, is I'm not better than, I'm just, my genius is not scrubbing the toilet. Right. You know, I, I've got this on my wall here and it says, uh, what is... Uh, what's the ultimate qualification of success right. for me? It's not how much time I spend doing what I love. It's how little time I spend doing what I hate. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it, man. Right. And you know what I, in my old book that I wrote um, called the five gateways to happiness, we, we talked about the um, you know, the I hate list and the I love list. So, do that with your school. And and by the way, back to goal setting, I also had a thing that I sent out called the Maburoshi, which in Japanese, Maburoshi is like a vision quest of some sort. Sure. So like setting short-term goals, you know, maybe in the first six months to one year goals to like two year goals to like three and five. And I don't think people enough set their sights on the future. So they get a job and they just work until they eventually retire, right? Like when I retire, you know, and then maybe they start thinking about it, but sometimes on 
unfortunately they die or they you don't have they don't have enough money put away to to like my poor dad never had enough money to do anything he never went on the i took him on vacation a few times and things like that because he never saved never um never really had a good business sense so i mean you have to look at that in the future like where do you want to be in five years you know what would you like to be doing etc etc and i think what might help with that is um uh, and I don't know if you heard of, you've heard of Dan. Well, yeah, you have. I don't know if the listeners all have heard of Dan Sullivan, but there's a book that he wrote. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like 156. Like that's his, that's his crap out age. Okay. That's when he's going to die. So he decided he's going to die at, uh, at 156 years of age. Okay. And when he had done that exercise and came up and, and he's got a reason why it's 156 and everything. Yeah. But um, I'm going to not do it justice. You all get, you all need to get the book. Like if you type in Dan Sullivan, like 156, 156, it, it should come up. Okay. Um, but anyhow, um, and I did a, a Facebook live yesterday on this too. Cause I, I kind of said, you know, what's your, what's your exit date is the Facebook live. Cause I actually use this with a client this week. And so right. Dan Sullivan talks about, you know, he asks these entrepreneurs, you know, when do you think you're going to die? Based and 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 the average came out to be 85. And then so he asked why? Like why do you think you're going to die at 85? Well, because my dad lived this long, my mom lived this long, my grandma and grandpa only lived this long, yada yada yada. So I think 85. He said okay. So then he asked the question, you know, at eight, at age 84. And don't worry, I'm going to tie this into uh, the, the concept that we're talking about today about being, uh, you know, st- maintaining, uh, you know, being broken, being hungry. Um, but he said, well, at, at age 84, let's look at 84. How's your health? Oh, my health is fine. How's your mobility? Yeah, I'm, I'm very mobile. I can get around. Yeah, yeah. How's your mental state? Oh, I'm sharp as a tack. Okay. Right. So then he asked the question. He goes, so what changes a year later? Right. And they're like, I, I don't know. He said, well, if nothing changed, how, much, how many more years do you think you'd have? And I forget what they like the average that everybody said, but let's just say they said 10 more years. Right. So now we're at 95. He said, so based upon this conversation, I, I, I just extended your life 10 years. And they're like, yeah, well, the reason this whole exercise is so important is because one, um, your mental uh, state with regards to, you know, when you think you're going to die, you can't, you can't prove it that you're going to die when you think you're going to die. Um, but you can prove the fact that you can do a lot more things with a, uh, a better outlook than you can do with a worse outlook. Right. 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 Yeah. And so he goes, now that you have 10 more years in your life, what does that do for you now at the age that you're at? What are the things that you need to make sure that you, uh, get dialed in with your health and wellness, with your fitness, with, you know, your business, your relationships, all those things, what do you got to get dialed in? in order to make sure that, you know, you can make it and that you will make it to that 95. Right. And, and I thought that that was such a neat concept because what that does is uh, it allows us, I think, to, you know, decide, okay, I'm going to go home and it, like, I'm going to go to bed broke and I'm going to wake up hungry every day. And when I right. go to bed broke, and I know I'm taking two people and marrying their concepts together, but when I go to home, when I go to bed as if I'm broke and I wake up as, as if I'm hungry every single day, I'm going to have that fire that I need and go, okay, yeah, these are my priorities. My, my health is a priority. My exercise is a priority. My relationships are a priority. Obviously, my business or businesses are a priority. I, I need to be able to manage those. But now that I have 10 more years, I've actually, I, I actually have more time right. 
to manage those things. Not not push them off, but now right. I have more time to manage those things, which lowers your stress level when you go, okay, yeah, I've got I got until I'm 95 to get everything together. And 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 you kind of see where I'm going with that? I do. And and you know it's interesting though, I think that I, I look at that slightly different, like but at but very much similar in many ways. But I think to me, like we also don't take enough time to recognize our successes and enjoy the things that we have. So, you know, I've always heard those stories where the dad, you know, uh, doesn't see his kids and the kids are like, I never see you. And then the dad's like, but I'm working every day and night so that I could give you the things that you want. Meanwhile, the kid just wants time, right? Or the wife she's neglected or the husband's neglected because the, the uh, spouse isn't taking the time to really enjoy the time, right? And, or that, you know, we work hard to have all these things and we have all these things, but I remember I had a Dodge Viper SRT 10. I love the car. I never drove it. Like when I sold it, it had like 6,800 miles on the thing. Like I take it out. Sometimes I take it out by myself just to drive it top down, driving around town. But I mean, I had it, I wanted it. I dreamed about that car forever. When I got it, I barely drove it. Like, so like, you know, what, what is it in our lives? And sometimes even with our dojos, we, everyone always says, I've never really heard a martial artist that says, I hate this business. I hate the students. I hate teaching. I hate karate or whatever. They always say, I love teaching. I love being with my students. I love that aspect of it. Well, then you need to start focusing on enjoying it more. Like you, if you're frustrated with the silly things, come up with a solution to get rid of the silly things or hire an assistant to deal with the people that are giving you a headache, but enjoy what you do. And that, and that's going to fuel you to want to wake up hungry every day because you, you have energy to go and do what you love, right? Because you love it. You, but if we're exhausted and frustrated, that takes the love away. Yes. It did for yeah. me. It almost took me out of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And then like that zoom call I did last night with coach, uh, coach Bert, you know, he, uh, one of his things is when he wakes up every morning, he's just like, all, all I do is, is, uh, you know, like, uh, Lord, who, who do I need to, who do I need to reach out to today? Who needs me? Right. right. And he just sits there, a name will come to mind, writes them down. You know, it could be two, three people that day. It could be 12 people that day. And then he either calls them, shoots them a message, does a video and sends it to them. You know, and uh, and and I just thought that that was really powerful because um, how often do we go, man? It's been a long time since I've reached out to so and so. Yeah. Right. Yep, I agree. I agree. So, you know, by setting yourself up with some of those daily uh, routines, it even if you don't have a vision of what the heck you're supposed to be doing today, at least that gives you like a starting block uh, to do that. But I will tell you, without a vision. And I'm not, I'm not an expert at this because um, I'm, I'm still really trying to clarify my future. Right. But, but I, will, I do know that without a vision, I am just working and working and working and working. And I don't – am I achieving some things? Yes. But I don't even know what I'm achieving unless I have that vision to know where I want to go. So that goal of where I want to go. But without vision um, – you know, I, I think oftentimes we, we, we perish. And right. so what I mean by that is um, we get complacent. Right. Without that vision. Yeah. We um, aren't able to push through things without that vision. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there were individuals, you know, I mean, there were school owners that, that closed 
because of COVID and never reopened again. Yeah. And I, I think I would be as, as maybe as bold to say that some of them, their vision wasn't strong enough. So therefore they, they, they were not hungry enough to find a way to make it work. Well, you know, it's funny though. I just, that reminded me of so many conversations I had with school owners, right. And they were shutting down, right. They were done. And, and I, I, Talk, they talked to me like their one ditch effort was to talk to me as a friend, not as a coach or anything like that. And they were like, a lot of them were very, they don't realize it, but similar to me, like their self-defense based martial arts, hand to hand, grabbing, throwing, wrestling, grappling. And our good friend, Kenny Bigby, he turned that situation into gold, right? When it came to uh, grappling, you know, and, well, were- and and for the listeners, he's a Muay Thai and jujitsu school. Just yeah, FYI. Yeah. So, I mean, um, Everyone was saying, hey, we do grappling. How are we going to do that on Zoom, right? And um, we do self-defense. How am I going to do that without a partner unless there's a brother and uh, two brothers that live together? And I'm like, you just teach the techniques. Like I have a girl who still trains on Zoom from Florida, um, the most innovative young lady. Like she's been with me for years. And um, she literally has like a noodle with like a rubber glove on it. So when we do wrist lock, she blocks the noodle, grabs the rubber glove and does the wrist lock. She has a, uh, like one of those dummies hanging from the wall where she's able to do uppercuts and grab it and set up the shoulder throw. Like she found a way and Kenny Bigby made, he has a video that had thousands and thousands of views called the BJJ buddy, where he taught people how to make it, uh, you know, like a, a dummy out of, you know, uh, towels and sweatpants Hello. and a hoodie and, and, you know, and made and a pillows. Yeah, and pillows, right? Yeah, so I mean, like, there, it, it depends. I think school owners sometimes think from, and it's not their fault. It's that they haven't trained in that aspect of being able to adapt on and and overcome, right? When people run up against an obstacle. Are, are these adults? Yeah, they are. It is their fault. Well, I, I know what you're saying. I, when I say it, I'm trying to be kind, but I know what you're saying, that it is their fault. I'm not fault. going to be. Yeah, but but think about this though. Like, I always say, like, if an inner city kid lives in like in the ghetto, everything that they've been around has been ghetto, right? So that you know, even the limited mindset of breaking themselves out. Um, so what they see, they can only rise to you know to the top of what they're used to learning. So I think for a lot of school owners, as we know, they are not business owners. They teach martial arts and they've done martial arts and then they became a martial art instructor and now they own a school because it's easy. You can own a school, you rent the building and you put some mats in and you start teaching, right? But running yeah, a but business, running a business, they don't know they don't know one one more of the school owner that's more successful than them that they couldn't call up. They could, right? But, but, and you're, and, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate on in defense of them, and I'm glad you're good cop, bad cop. So I like it though. But, um, but will they? And, and do with the limited mindset, it's like you tell a kid from the ghetto that they could rise above and, you know, go out and get an education, and they'll say to you, but none of my family did. So they, they could look at successful people. And that's why it's important to have people like, you know, Damon John or, you know, people that go into those areas and say, hey, listen, I did it. You could do it. Uh, and the school owners do that all the time for people. But these people with limited mindset, sometimes they put the brakes on because they're they're afraid in a way to try to do well because they might fail and they might not be happy 
with failure. So there's a big psychological component. And that that's why I love your topic this morning, because like, how do we stay hungry? Like I asked you in the very beginning, I'll ask you again, like, how do you, like what drives you? There's gotta be a component. So tell me your mindset, like what drives you daily when you get beaten up and tired and, and frustrated? Like what gets you up every morning with that? Like, how did you develop that mindset? Uh, well, one is I didn't have it. You're right. I had to, I had to develop it. Part of it was getting beat up uh, over time and getting just, you know, fed up with those things. And those goes back to some of the, the like a podcast that we did with regards to creating rules for your school and following right. those rules. Right. And if you're not like me, uh, if you're not willing to follow the rules that you've created, then you put somebody in charge of those rules and they're going to follow it. And Mr. Right. Bean is a lot better at following the rules than I am because I will bend them. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's better at that. So, and, and knowing my role, my role is um, I, I'm more of a, a visionary, inspirational, inspiring, uh, motivating uh, uh, type person, uh, you know, uh, visionary but uh, I'm not a very good manager, like managing the day-to-day -day activities. And I'm not ADD, that's not it, but right. uh, at least I haven't been diagnosed and I don't think I am. Uh, but knowing what my strengths are and playing on those and then trying to get delegate uh, those other things. So back to your, your, your question, I was not good with that. Right. That's still something that I, I, I work on, but now I know what I want for my school. Yeah. Before it was, hey, I want to build it as big as I possibly could. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right. And then I realized, well, it's not about the number of students. It's actually about the net profit. Yeah. Right. Let me say it again. It's not the number of students. It's about the net profit. So then understanding that I needed to know the numbers, like what are the percentages that uh, I should be at in order to run a successful martial, art, martial arts school in order to make the numbers that I, that yeah. I want uh, in, in net profit. So I had to go through that first. And then yeah. from there, going, okay, now that we are, are, are at those percentages and reaching those or reached those numbers, what's my next goal? Well, was to open up a second school with another individual to do that, give him the freedom right. of owning a business, part owning a business like me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the next exciting area for that. And then I have another one that wants to do it too. He's about four years off. Him and I had a meeting. We talked. You know, I set some parameters with him. Um, so that's the next one. So within four years, this other one will be up and running. Uh, yeah. you know, just like this one is, it'll have structure like this one does. We'll have enough time where we'll have black belts and yada, yada, yada. Storm yeah. team members, the whole deal. Yeah. Um, built in instructors. Then we'll start working on that with him, uh, with the, with the new guy coming in. Um, you know, that is, he's one of my second, no, excuse me, one of my third degree black belts, but mm -hmm. he's just, he hasn't finished high school yet. He'll finish that uh, next year and then he's going to go to two years of college. And then I want to play year of, you know, look, I'm going to start putting you in charge of, of this school here so that I can see how you act, you know, and how you operate before we go and open up another one. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And and uh, that, that whole thing is a vision. Right. Yeah. And you're setting goals. I already heard that like 20 different things within your speech. The only thing that I suggest, and this is to school owners that are listening, is that not everyone is a owner. 
um, not everyone can be uh, a head instructor. Not everyone could be a business person. So you can take people and put them in the position to be the head instructor, another person to maybe be the manager and business person. So um, don't one, one thing I've learned over in the past is to try to get someone and mold them into being everything like me, like yeah. you. It's very rare that you'll find someone that can be a good salesperson, can be a good business person, can be a good teacher, can be charismatic. Like that's, they're far and few, you know? So take the strengths of the people you have and put them in the positions that you need those strengths for. Um, oh, and, and, and let me just quick, quickly say this. The vision is then once we have three, right? Right. Um, I'm going to have uh, Bean actually above all three. And so he'll manage all three of those locations. So I right. have three different head instructors. He no longer will be a head instructor. He will be over them and manage all three locations. Right. He's, he's going to manage the day-to-day -day activities that are happening. He's going to manage uh, some of the, uh, I mean, he'll be managing the students and, right. and what the instructors are doing with the students, the curriculum, the lesson plans, all those things. Good. I'm still going to manage uh, the finances. I'm still going to manage uh, the, the marketing um, but I, but I won't have the day to day stuff yeah. that he's doing. Does that kind of make sense? It totally makes sense. And you know, it's interesting. I, um, I was talking to my, uh, head guy who's like partner ish, you know, technically he's the one that's going to take over my school. So I said to him, I'd like to sit down with you and talk to you. I'm making my will. He's like, Oh my God, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just want, God forbid I'm on my way to work and I die. I don't want it to be left to my wife and my daughter to try to figure it out. So I, I wrote out this very detailed will and my, my student, who's one of my youngest students that started in 1991 or two, he is actually my attorney now. And we laid out the will. If this happens, this is who gets this. And this is what I want my daughter to do there. And it's almost like an estate plan sure. in a will form. So when I talked to him, um, bringing him up about this, I said, uh, so if I, you know, I, I don't know when I'm going to retire. He goes, I don't know why you would retire. You love what you're doing. You don't have to come in when you don't want to, you just come in when you want to. He says, and he's happy with the situation. I said, Hey, if I could do that, maybe Nicole and I buy an RV and, and we go away or we rent one and go away for a month and a half. And then I come back and I'm back in the game, you know, and he runs it and makes his money and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's about finding your happiness. I think that the biggest problem in this day and age is we're so used to um, being sad and angry and frustrated. That's like the media beats us over the head every single day. Um, we had a big shooting in the city just yesterday of craziness that goes on. And, um, that's all it's been on the news. You know, before that, the next big event was Will Smith slapping Chris Rock in the face. Now, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's crazy at how we can't even get positivity if we want to, even on television shows, they replicate the negativity because that's, you know, if it's a doctor show, it's about COVID. If it's this, it's about, you know, so we have to fight hard to, to really experience happiness. That's my biggest thing. And you could be happy working your butt off. I enjoy working from day to night. I'm not unhappy about it, but I, I want to make sure in my mind, I'm cognizant of experiencing happiness because who knows, you could be, you know, on a plane and gone the next day, you know, you could be in your car and gone the next day. Um, so enjoy life a little bit more. I think that that's my message of the day too, but strive, like you said, to be better. And, you know, uh, just from my own, you know, personal belief and perspective with regards to scripture, you know, 
even God said that I'm supposed to work six days and right. then I take one day of rest. And right. so, you know, if, if he says it, then why shouldn't I be doing it? Right. You know what I mean? So I, I just, uh, I just think having that purpose of waking up every single morning and knowing what your vision is motivates you. And, and I, I agree with what you said to a certain degree, you know, if you're doing what you love, uh, you never work a day in your life. Um, and you're right. That's, that's crap to a certain degree, but, but it also has merit right? Um, along with it because there's a bunch of joys that you would never had. Um, if, cause I, when I was a meat cutter and then when I was the meat manager, um, I, I never, I never woke up one day and said, oh, this is what I want to do. Right. All I did was I went to work, um, at, at, Kmart and then they opened up a meat department and then I, you know, fortunately was asked to go and, and help the guy that was running it. And, and in our town was one of the, the pilots for right. the super Kmarts. And so, um, I was asked to just go and help him. So I learned how to rap, you know, um, it's not the music style, but, uh, right. you know, I learned how to rap and then I learned how to, uh, uh, you know, identify the cuts cause then I had to wrap it. And then I learned how to trim it. Uh, and then I learned how to cut it. And, you know, so then I learned how to do everything fast forwarding. Right. Yeah. But I learned a little bit at a time, but I never, ever went into Kmart going, yeah, I'm going to learn how to be a meat cutter. But because I was there, because I capitalized on opportunities, because I was there, those things presented themselves. I remember I was the butcher shop boy in the brand new super Kmart for like a year and a half, almost two years. Yeah. Um, because they had, torn down the other building and they built a brand new one. They, they built a brand new one before they turned down the other one. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I remember when we went over there, this guy who was running the meat department prior, um, his name was Herb, old guys, like 67 at the time. Right. And or 65 at the time, whatever it was. But anyways, uh, he said, Hey, look, um, he said this to me and this other kid they don't want you the the manager didn't even want to bring you into the meat department right but me the human resource person we fought for you and so they put us out in the butcher shop and he goes i want you to show them that you deserved to have been hired as a meat cutter right well, i took that as a challenge one i also respected her tremendously and he was kind of like a father figure to me and, you know, which is not hard because my dad died when he was 15. So, you know, attaching myself to somebody that I cared about is pretty easy. Right. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to show them that I should have been back here. Uh, and then I also wanted to make her proud of me. Well, this other kid, he, he said the same thing, except this way. Yeah, I'm going to show them that they should have hired me. Uh, he became one of the worst workers. Right which allowed me to look like I was one of the best workers. Right, 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 okay. right. And I'm not saying I didn't work hard, but, but I, I, and I did, but you know, you, you put us together. So long story short, I'm a butcher shop boy making 10 bucks an hour, right? Yeah. Two years later, two and a half years later into the, 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 the place being open, uh, the assistant meat manager got promoted and went to another brand new super Kmart as the meat manager. So the assistant position was open. I looked at the qualifications. I showed them to Herb. Herb says to me, he goes, uh, you should apply. And I go, Herb, I'm not even a meat cutter. Yeah. He goes, just apply anyways. So I took it on his merit. I applied. Three of us applied. Two of them were already journeyman meat cutters. Both of them had probably 10 years experience in meat cutting than I, than I even did. Right. And I got the job at age 23. That's great. 
I went from $10 an hour to $19 an hour overnight. Wow. And I, and I say that because um, I, opportunity knocks when you're out getting stuff done. Right. Opportunity does not knock when you're not taking steps forward. And so even if you think I'm supposed to, I got this vision, I need to go in this direction. I'm hungry. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And as you're working there, you do need to be cognizant of, of the direction that you're going because another opportunity might open up for you. Right. That could be even better than the opportunity that you're doing right now. I would have never right. thought that I would have added health, health coaching into my business. Right. Um, but it's been the perfect opportunity yeah. for me. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy, but it, but compared to running a martial arts school, it's easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I hear so you. I definitely do. We all need to make sure, check ourselves. Don't be complacent. Go to bed as if you're broke and then wake up every morning like you are hungry and, right. and, and have that vision of, of what you need to go after because you're hungry to go and get it. Yeah. I agree. I love it. That was a great story, by the way. I think that's amazing. And I, I love, uh, you know, just the fact that hard work, rubber where rubber meets the road and what that ended up doing for you. Um, I think school owners should take that story and say, okay, if I work now super hard, my life will be easy later on or easier. If I put the right people in place, train the right people, you know, put the right systems in place. Don't make excuses, do what I got to do. You know, sometimes suck it up, you know, and get it done and that's it and work. You're going to eventually be able to live that life. You know, a lot of people say to me that I'm lucky and none of it ever had to do with luck. It always had to do with hard work and determination. I always say stubbornness because I was, you know, I would never quit. I always took any type of challenge as a, uh, uh, you know, any type of obstacle as a challenge and boom, like I'd always overcome it. Like, so that to me, so somebody just wrote recently on Facebook, like, you know, what are some of the things that you have obstacles or what it was or bad things that happened? I go, I don't look at anything as a bad thing. It was just a lesson. And I, I, I worked hard to overcome it. And then I succeeded. That's the way everything's been in my life, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't always, you know, uh, you know, just fun, but at the same time I was able to do it. Yeah. And I can see where somebody calls it luck, but, right. what, and it is that there, sometimes there is lucky opportunities, but that's only because you're putting yourself out there to, uh, you know, come across those opportunities. Had right. you not been doing what you were doing, those opportunities would not have presented themselves to you. Right. So yeah, you know, it's lucky that it happened, but it's only, it only happened because you were there doing the work. Right. Exactly. All right, cool. So, we're over time already. So that was an amazing call. I went so darn quick. Yeah, it did. It By did. the way, I wanted to mention for our second year in a row, we got our sponsors, which is Academy Kings. Um, I posted it on our Facebook page at Academy Kings. They have a free giveaway for a, uh, a different a program on how to run your school. So if you want to check that out, the link is up you, on our Facebook page. Can you, put that, can you put that in this thread as well? Yeah, I will. I'll find it right now and I'll put it in and then we will take it from there. But yeah, I think that that's exciting that they're helping us and growing and working with us and so on. So uh Super exciting to, to have these sponsors help us pay for our software and, you know, a little bit of our time, which really we don't make money at it, but it's just good to cover our expenses. Yeah, it really does just cover the expenses because we've got a hosting plan for, you know, obviously the, the, the podcast and then uh, 
obviously this platform costs costs us a little bit too. So it really just kind of it's cost neutral, really, is what it is. Yep, absolutely. But thank you. All right, Allie, have a good one, sir. Wayne, you have a great day. Great talking to you. I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. AdHealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole other revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.